0: Hey everyone and welcome to series 4, apparently episode 26 of the MSC Performance Podcast. Uh, Today is going to be myself and Mark to wrap up what is apparently half a year of a series uh, with kind of a a wrap-up of 2022, what we're looking forward to in 2023, a bit of an outline of kind of what our training is looking like and what we're going to be doing over Christmas, maybe some guidelines for yourself to take away from it. Um, And then we're also going to talk a little bit about kind of Uh, nutrition and training recommendations for your intro weeks, your deloads, etc, etc.
1: So yeah, quite a a lot to get in. So how are you, first of all? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Luke. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's a pleasure (laughs) to be here. Yeah, with the uh, episode numbers, there's absolutely zero meaning or consistency behind what season it is and what episode it is. I think we just started it off with like seasons and episodes to like make it sound a bit more professional. I think the season started with covid
0: um Is like, our so, oh, COVID started the season, then COVID ended, so we ended the season. Then we had a break when we set back up, yeah, new season. Yeah. But
1: it's just been half a year of the podcast, yeah. and we've just been calling it Series 4. Yeah, well, I think this is the last one of the year, isn't it? So we'll finish off Season 4 today.
0: Season and 5 starts Season in... 5
1: starts Jan. Fantastic. Which is exciting. But yeah. no, I'm well, thank you. I'm looking forward to um, the festive period, Um some exciting things coming up at MSC, which uh involve christmas parties and whatnot so um yeah it's a good time to be alive i guess straight at the start let's you know christmas parties we've got the uh members one the wednesday the 21st uh incorrect uh wednesday the 14th wednesday the 14th. Uh, for the members one uh the staff one is on the 21st my bad my um, bad but um so what can people expect from the 14th and yeah. should people be coming <clears throat> People should definitely be coming. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so, it's very unusual for us to do a midweek one. Um, this will be the first time, I believe, that we've done a, a Wednesday night. Uh, the consensus was that you, you speak to people about Saturdays and so and so was off, you know, on on the Saturday the third and Saturday the tenth, Saturday the seventeenth, and it's quite hard to ultimately it's to, a logistical nightmare it's a logistical nightmare a, uh, you could go you could go with it but people are going to miss out which you know is it's fine it's the nature of it but we just decided this year i think because of that and i don't know just kind of felt right to try a midweeker mm, uh, your this, birthday this as well um you normally go away for your birthday didn't you so well uh, occasionally occasionally go away for the birthday which is on the on the 17th so it's a bit of yeah, I didn't quite know what I was doing. So that yeah. bait didn't really sit well. You were away that night yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, we've gone with a, we've gone for Wednesday the fourteenth. Um so it's a bit different. But the feeling is it's Christmas anyway, it's gonna be busy out and about. Um and why not? Let's give it a go. So it's going to be seven o'clock. Uh, I mean, you say, yeah, you
0: say, you say Wednesday is a funny one. I just went past the rectory walking back from uh, basketball and, now, and there's, yeah. a, there's a Christmas party going on on a, a Wednesday, Thursday mm. lunchtime. Mm. So it's not the strangest time to have one. No, not at um, all. Not and I think all. it's getting more common as well. Like I think there's so many parties you have to go to, especially if you play for a team, it is hard to fit in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, definitely. we've arranged some some fun games. There's going to be some, some mulled wine there, some... Hopefully, some nice mince pies from our
1: uh, resident bakers. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's going to be some good fun games. I think it's going to be a nice yeah. evening. I think definitely definitely get yourself along. Definitely get yourself along because I think you could be thinking, oh, it's only a Wednesday. It's not going to be a big one, but it's going to be well prepped. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Max is desperate to get the karaoke on the go. So we'll see if that oh, happens. I've,
0: I've started the hunt for the karaoke machine
1: today. Fantastic. I messaged the guy. Fantastic.
0: Um, and we've got some um, fun, uh, fun activities. I'll give you one now. Um, tandem deadlift. Which fun. I'm very excited for. Yeah, that'd, be, that'd, be um, that'd be good. Yeah, a long time ago, me and Bart did 450 on a tandem. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, wow. So I'd, it'd be cool to do some big, some big tandem deadlifts. Um, you and
1: Steve together on a tandem. That'd that be would good. be perfect.
0: I, unfortunately, will not be doing it, as I'd have a competition on the weekend uh, after it. But I will be uh, facilitating. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. We'll get a few little drinking games on. We'll get, you know, um, some good tunes on. Some good yeah. karaoke and it'll be a good crack so it'll be seven o'clock till i don't know 10 11 and then maybe nine if i'm a bit tired um and um the option is there to go out afterwards as well which i'm sure a few few people will mark what is your karaoke song of choice (sighs) right so you know the spotify thing that came up a week or two ago like the whole Mm. end of year wrapped yeah so mine came up, and I was going through it, and it's actually it's actually very entertaining to mm. look through, isn't it? And I realised that there's nothing post 1993 that I actually listened to, uh, which was quite quite interesting. It's been a very like late 80s, early 90s, which <laughs> is I remember Sonia would be like, she used to put like 80 stuff on and be like, oh, this is from when you were growing up, and it's like. No, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I was born. I was I born at the yeah, end at of the eighties. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I have. <laughs> I, I've been listening to a lot of like later eighties, 09s like Manchester scene stuff, like Stone Roses and bit of mm. Ian Brown stuff, has been quite cool this year. And uh, number two was Johnny Cash. Um, so I'm a big Johnny Cash fan. <laughs> so I think a bit of Johnny Cash. Might yeah, come I mean, out on, the, uh, on the on the on the jukebox. So uh, yes, yes, we'll we'll see. Um, I've never done karaoke. I've literally never done it. No, no, no I, yeah, I've I've done it a couple of times um very uh drunk. Yeah. Uh very drunk on um, Greg Stagg, who was the last one which nice. was uh good yeah good good yeah, fun yeah. actually. Good fun. Um yeah, it is a wicked crack actually if you get into it to be fair. Um so we'll we'll see we'll see how that Easy. goes. We'll see who gets involved. Um but yeah, I think it's going to be a really really fun night definitely. Like I think uh, the way I see it is you know, we're obviously still planning a few things, but I think it's going to be like there'll be the drinks over there, non alcoholic drinks as well. Obviously, there'll be a little corner for drinking games. There'll be a little area where people are doing the fun deadlift challenges and things like that. There'll be Max on the karaoke machine. <laughs> putting his name yeah. forward. Um, so, like, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and games. Yeah, yeah. a lot of fun and games. And um as I say, I am more than willing to. uh go out afterwards as well fantastic. So what happens. fantastic
0: you may like i said have to be carrying the four on that one I, I will not be heading out i have a um comp on the saturday so i thought we could talk a little bit about kind of my training your training um getting up down there so yep what's the latest with your uh rugby
1: how's things feeling yeah, so we're coming up to towards the Christmas break now. Um, so we've got two more games, we've got a game this Saturday, and then on the seventeenth we have our last game, followed by a Christmas party. Yeah. Um so uh yeah, obviously a tough season for us, um, sort of near the bottom of the league, but still with a lot of hope and encouragement from recent games so we've got two big ones now against teams that are in and around us yeah that are very winnable Winnerable. so we have to win one if not both of those games to be honest to give ourselves a good chance going into the new year yeah um so the christmas break obviously gives you a little bit of recovery rest time um so last game 17th and then our first game back I believe is on the 6th or 7th, don't quote me on that, but it's around that sort of time. Um, so yeah, it's obviously like a bit of a chance to to regenerate and um, shake off a couple of knocks, but also quite a nice time to train in the, in the gym. I always, yeah. try and, I always try and keep that going uh, throughout the Christmas uh, period. I definitely don't like too much of a break, if any, yeah. if any really.
0: Do you get any recommendations from the club of what you should be like doing,
1: keeping up the gym work or? Not really. I think with like um with the with MSc obviously taking on the SNC at Bourneville, like it'll come from you know us, come from myself and Max in terms of what you know we'll give the, the guys some some recommendation. Um but it's definitely a balance of you know, look, in, in, you know, giving your body a bit of a rest, enjoying it, um, you know, but also doing like you know, at least the minimum dose um, of of training to at least come back in, you know, some decent shape and come back, uh, come back sharp. Um, you know, for those who have played like every minute, it might be like they do a bit less. For those who haven't had as many minutes, there's a good, good chance, chance to crack yeah. on. You have to be realistic as well. It's, you know, although it's technically professional and it's paid, it's not full-time pro. So like guys have got jobs, guys have got Christmas parties, families, stuff like that. So you have to be, a bit realistic with the expectation as well. If it's like, you know, if it's full-time rugby, for example, and it's your only only job, then obviously you'll have a, you know, obligation to be in the club on days X, Y, and Z and have, you know, uh, two days, three days, four days off or whatever it is. Mm. But, so there's a little bit of flexibility and, and whatnot. But um, I think the general consensus is as long as the guys don't come back in terrible shape, like – that's the first day, solo, it's, it? it's, like, it's okay and it is only like a couple it's like two weeks and then yeah, you're back how training much can you read so you, you know exactly i think you've, you touched on it there is like it's very much
0: looking for everyone at this period of time is like a quality approach rather than a quantity like you might your training yes. will be down you're obviously not going to be doing your rugby training if you are getting into the gym it doesn't have to be like monster sessions just like a quality approach so maybe less is more you might want to get you might get an hour free and you might want to be in and out in 45 minutes, but the work that you're in the gym, like try and do it as best as you can, but you just don't have to spend like ridiculous amount of time in there. So like look and really improve the high end quality that you can, like I said, the minimum dose and like just if you have to get the sessions on quickly or you know, the, the gyms are normally reduced hours as well. You obviously got more social events on. It's just when you are getting into the gym, making sure that works as good quality as you can. Yeah. And like I said for most people, you're more rested. Your stress from work is zero or as low as it, lower than it normally would be. It's a great chance to to push on with some work, but then
1: balancing yeah. everything else is more of an issue than it normally is. For me, it's um, it it sometimes depends on how the Christmas falls as to as to what I do, but um, I'll normally as a general rule of thumb, I'll normally um, do one session a week less, um, sometimes even two less, but then just make those sessions I do longer, mm. you know, a bit harder, et cetera. So it's it's very dependent. It's very dependent on so where. That's quite interesting because that's going literally on
0: the opposite of what I would recommend for most people. I've like thinking yeah. Most most days you're stuck at home. People actually like going to the gym. I find. Yeah. If you're into the gym anyway.
1: Well, the thing for me is because like where like where I go home, it's about a forty minute drive yeah. to the nearest yeah. gym. Um, so that plays a, a bit of a bit of a yeah part. you don't want to be going and, for an hour every day exactly exactly yeah so for me to go like every day or you it's know three like, four yeah. times a week is like an hour and a half there and back if you've got family up and stuff it's um a bit harder That's so true. i would i completely get where you're coming from and if i was based in like like i'm now for example like a five minute walk to the gym or something fairly close i would definitely like yeah be up you know go to the gym get like a shorter session done yeah um whereas for me because of the journey to do it i'll just write off like two mornings a week on the christmas period um and and do it that way um i think the way it will fall this year for me i could probably like i might not even have to do a session at home it might be like i think the way christmas falls oh, I like two, train, three or four days or whatever yeah, yeah i can train pretty much up to the friday which is like the 23rd yeah and then like probably come back to Berlin 28th 29th anyway so it might be that like do a slightly longer week that week and yeah. then train the back end of the following yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, it's a longer period of time off, but actually week to week, I'm not missing any sessions. So yeah, for me, it falls it depends on how Christmas falls, how long I'm going back home for. And as I say, I'd normally do it that way where it's less sessions, but I'm there for like an hour and a half, two hours and like doing a, a good amount. And my daily thing is, like, we get up, go for a walk, like, long walk and stuff, because that's just a bit more attainable.
0: Yeah, and I think, like, while, like, the weather, like, you know, it gets dark super early, it gets dark like, four now, like, you've got this time off where you can go out and get some, like, some sunlight. It's just a good thing to be doing for your health. So, even if you're not going to the gym, like, just going out for a walk, getting some, some, you know, light, natural light, probably a really good thing to be doing. Even if it's not, like, 10,000 steps like you normally would do, like, aiming just for... 15-20 minute walks once or twice a day that goes a long way man
1: yeah we're 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 big on that at the christmas period definitely is like getting out having a walk um i must admit i think there's one thing that like obviously we're aware of like the importance of getting out and walking before this but like i think i think lockdown was big for that man like lockdown really emphasized to me, like, how important it was to get out and have a walk. Yeah. Like, as, as daft as that sounds. And luckily, I've always been someone who naturally walks a lot of steps in the day anyway, due to the nature of what I do. But um, that that was a big moment where I was, like, a lot more aware of, like, like not being in doing the day-to-day. I was like, bloody hell, like, I'm just not walking at all. Yeah. And, like, that made me conscious. And then that's really stuck, actually. Yeah, That's really stuck. Like, I'm always... I'm not like a complete like step goon, but like we're aware, like, you know, I was saying we'll watch like you know, it be six o'clock, seven o'clock at night, and it's like, oh, you know, if any five or six thousand steps, like let's go for a half an hour walk and yeah, like yeah, is yeah. good for that as well. And like so, we're definitely more, much more aware of that now.
0: I think a lot of like the good recommendations that we have now came off the back end of COVID. Like the other good one when you're talking about the training, dropping the training frequency, is like the amount of training it takes to improve in your strength training or whatever comparative to the amount of effort it takes to maintain the effort is so low like all that research came out about trying to maintain your gains um when you didn't have access to the to the gyms and it was like at the time like 10 percent of your normal training workload is enough to kind of maintain the strength so while that number might be quite large depending on like let's say it was done on general populations or people that were quite low trained so let's say it's 30 percent. it means if you train three days a week you've just got to train once a week to maintain your strength yeah. but most people even if you're like an hour away you're not going to be more than an hour away from a gym could do like some training or even if there's just like some training at your home some body weight stuff everyone can do like a little bit and that little bit of training even though people might not think it's like much it is a massive way to to maintaining what you've built up over the gym so that the main thing is when you come back in in january you just like i said won't be you don't want to come yeah. back in real shit state. You don't want to come back to the gym and be feeling terrible, having to reduce your numbers down twenty percent. So yeah. if you can just maintain during that period, I think that's
1: huge. I do a couple of runs as well actually during the during the Christmas week because like I don't go out and run a lot because during the season you would like, I'm doing goals, a lot yeah. of running anyway. But obviously we have some time off that. And as long as I haven't got any like any niggles or anything that I need to rest, which I haven't at the moment. Like I'll go out and do a couple of runs, which again is quite a nice novelty thing to do over the over that Christmas period. But yeah, it's, it's um, same
0: idea, isn't it? Like your winning volume volumes, gone from like quite high mileage a week from playing the rugby side to to, to to zero. zero. <laughs> you come yeah. back in and the impact on the knees and the joints feel terrible. Doing a little bit, if doing yeah. one 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 a week. It yeah, takes you running from three sessions. You know, if you have got two training then one Saturday. Yeah, take it down to one. Let's
1: say you do one run yeah. while you're away. It's interesting you say about them, like that, how small amount you have to do to maintain that actually. And um, it's what we encourage, like a lot of people at MSC, isn't it, with their training and with the barbell club and things like that. It's like we're working with young professionals and they're going through stages throughout the year where they're especially busy, for example. Yeah. Or maybe they've got a niggle or maybe they've, you know, just, you know, got stuff on and holidays and whatnot. And it is, like, it, we bang the drum about it a lot, but it's the the importance of doing something yeah. over nothing is, like, is so important, isn't it? Well, yeah, I can think of, like, well, with the barbell,
0: uh, we've intentionally gave people a deload week, the week of Christmas, because we know most people will, it will not be a focus, and that's you know probably encouraged to have that little bit of a mental break you have a mental break from work have a mental break from your training but you know tick it over as best as you can so if you are going to the gym rather than doing like your full blown sessions like we normally give people which for barber club is three times a week fairly meaty sessions you know have a deal old week mm. get in and out in you know with two thirds of the a typical recommendation for the load is drop your volume by a third. So if you're normally doing three sets, you drop one set. Mm-hmm. Or if you are doing four sets, you drop down to three it reduces the the time of the session by loads, man. Yeah. Um, get in and get out. Lovely as well. It's if like feels such great, a great, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, and during that time, like you can superset your exercise as well. Like, get a bit of a sweat on. Mm. Like, that's probably a good thing to do again. And that very much leads into the the quality of the work rather than the quantity. So, you're not going to do a huge amount of sets. But when you're in there, just be mindful, keep practicing your technique, keep your skill as dialed in as you can, keep sharp, try and move some decent tin well. And then when you come back in in January, you'll feel a lot better for doing that little bit of dosage of training versus not doing anything at all. Massive.
1: Yeah. So, what about your training and um, how's that looking over Christmas? And also, Obviously, competition comp, yeah. coming up. And when, and when would you take a deload? Sure. Over
0: Christmas? This is it's, it's interesting, actually, because I've never been in this position before. I'm competing on the 17th, which then means like the week after, because it's been ages since I've competed. I'll normally take the week off, which will then be the, the Christmas week, which is quite nice. Um, well, normally I'd probably have a comp coming up early next year. Uh, so I'd probably train fairly normal. I'd make the sessions a little bit shorter, but I would train four times a week still. Uh, but yeah I'm going to pretty much take the week not completely off I'll just do some like one or two lighter sessions um, just to tick over because I think the British will be in March Uh, where it is in March so I'll do like a little bit of training just to maintain that week and then come back in the week after and try and push on as best as I can another thing to take into account is unfortunately like my training for this competition has gone so well and I'm really proud of like I've I've pushed it super hard like I've been really mindful of everything and I'm really happy with how it's gone. And then at the last minute, um, I got that cold, um, which, you know, I can't control and I've strained my pec, which is super frustrating. So I'm trying to manage the pec uh, and I'm hopefully going to feel better from the cold, but just felt a little bit weak the last couple of sessions, um, which will then also affect what we're doing the dealer week. Cause if I, I probably have to do a token bench on the day. We'll see how it feels. It's still, you know, 10 days to, to taper back um but i might have to take like a token bench at the comp and then try and push squat and deadlift hard um and if that's the case then the next week after the comp i'll just be trying to do a bit more of the rehabby stuff mm. um and just try and get into a point that when i go back into my full training i'm in a position to push bench press so in terms of like tapering back like you got a few different approaches haven't you but for myself i'm kind of in like a step taper so a month out from training um, I ease back my accessories, the volume by about a third. Um, and then the next step is I drop pretty much all accessories down to zero. Um, and then that final week where I drop back the intensity and the volume of the competition lifts as well. So it's kind of like stepping down now. So like last week I felt disgusting. I've done my heaviest deadlift. I've done one of my heaviest squats and I felt so, so tired. Uh, but then I've just started to ease things back a little bit and I can start to feel a little bit better already. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm on a kind of like a step protocol for the taper. Uh, but the last week before the comp, I've got my heavy squat tomorrow. Um, and then the last week will be pretty light. I'll do three sessions, but session one will be fairly heavy. Well, fairly moderate squat, so like 80% for some triples. Um, it would normally be heavy bench, but I'm going to have to see how that feels. Uh, Wednesday will be like a lighter deadlift day, probably just like maybe 80% for a single and then. for some triples are super conservative work and then on the Friday, I'll do like a, a power based session. Mm. So I squat like 50%, try and be as explosive as I can. And I really like that session. Like The research would show that that's like can increase your performance. Yeah, I've it's always been
1: a big fan of that. Huge. Doubles
0: and triples and stuff. doubles and triples at 50%, yeah. explosive. And more than that, even if it doesn't have a bit of benefit, like it gets you moving again. If you've had a couple of days, because I train every other day pretty much. Yeah. If you have a couple of days, you're not doing anything. Sometimes you feel a little bit stiff or, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. if you have ever been out walking. So it's a good chance to, mm. to get moving again.
1: Yeah, definitely definitely yeah day, so, day before a game i normally like on a friday i don't even count it as a session but i'll go in and do like 10-15 minutes of like med ball yeah med yeah, ball yeah. throws and, and work and stuff like that um okay. well the
0: research that we bait the powerlifting is based on is on field sports yeah and like it's huge for you. i i love watching james do it yeah he comes in, does some sprints to some like really explosive bench press work and some yeah. rolls. it's cool to see yeah um the danger with the taper and then, like, the taper week, which is, you know, trying to reduce the fitness uh, – so reduce the fatigue, maintain the fitness, um, and then having a week deload is it's almost two weeks without heavy training. Mm-hmm. I know you've got the comp, but, like, overloading training. So, like, that's why I like to do something that
1: week rather yeah. than having, like, two weeks of not doing anything. Yeah. Um, on a comp week, what um, – you mentioned about, like, normally you go heavy with a bench. How how heavy do you normally go Um comp week? It's normally, like, probably – it's yeah, individual for myself.
0: I'd say, like at the start of the week, if squats 80%, bench might be 90%. Yeah, um,
1: deadlift would be a lot on the lighter side just because the amount of load, obviously, exactly. In total,
0: yeah, yeah, especially with conventional, Yeah, um, it's quite tiring. So on the Wednesday, the bent, the deadlift might be 80% for a single, then 70%, and the bench might be 10% down from that. So, like yeah. 80%. Um, and then that last session when I'm squatting like 50%, I might bench 70% still. Yeah. Cause I always bench every session pretty much, but I'm going to have to see like, that's my normal kind of protocol, but I'll have to adjust it because of the pec.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but hopefully I can get like a, a decent week in. Mm. I was speaking to Max yesterday and it's like, it's super frustrating. Cause Monday I had a decent session, felt like my pec went again yesterday, but I've still got like, if you count it up like five exposures to bench press again, mm. to get back to some normality. Yeah. So even if, tomorrow is a light session on the bench press and then saturday is slightly heavy you've got five sessions to progressively build it back up so just gonna have to see how it feels yeah exciting what's happening next year with powerlifting what are the big comps that they've combined for, yeah, yeah. But... they've combined the uh the british so the men and women are lifting together which i think is a good thing because mm. the schedule is just tough man um so yeah they've combined them this year which is cool um that's in march and then off the back of their who knows? Like if you if you win it, you could get to Euros and Worlds, which is like June. Mm. My goal is to to try and win the British again. I'm very vocal about that. Um, the minimum I'd love to podium. Um, I'd love to win it again. And I think the train I've been doing is like led towards a position where I can realistically say I'd be in the running. Mm. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But yeah, do got at the British. Um, if it doesn't, if I don't win it, then yeah, fair enough. I'll try my best, and then I'll probably do another comp later in the year. But nice. I think I'm at a point now where two, two a year is sufficient. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, I think any more than that, it gets a little bit tough. Because, again, you intro weeks, you do I was like, they just add up the amount of time. It's it, it's so nice not having the constant having to push yeah. uh, without these interruptions.
1: Yeah. I guess as well, when, like, you're um, at the experience you're at as well, and lifting loads you are, it's, it's very hard to do much more than that. Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, Much more than that, because... It's just it just takes a massive toll, doesn't it? I think if you're like a beginner intermediate, you know, competing a bit more regularly is probably a, yeah, a, I think a, a good thing. Beginner intermediate, the, the highs and lows aren't as much like the 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 highs of the comp day in terms of loads and things like yeah. that aren't as much. I think beginner intermediate,
0: you're doing about four set four four a year four a year year, which is if you if if they were perfectly timed, is you know four 12 week blocks. Yeah, would take you up to forty eight weeks, and then you four d That that's perfect you know, it would now take me longer than 12 weeks to get ready for a comp.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So I think realistically, if you're doing three, you've got to prioritise two, and then one's much on the back burner. Mm -hmm. Um, So you you could have probably two big comps a year. And and train through one, maybe. Train through one or just like not really, yeah, exactly, not really push it. Um, But
1: yeah, like, yeah, two or three now, 100%. Yeah, Um, yeah, Yeah. nice. With the uh, deloads and the tapers, what do you do nutritionally that's different? It's interesting. So like, we're we're going to talk about
0: this as well. So the taper one's different for powerlifting because a lot of times when you're tapering for a comp, you've got a deload, which is like at the end of a training block where you're trying to recover from the training block. You've got your intro week, which is typically used if you're going from like higher intensities into higher volumes and you're trying to get prepared for that higher volume stuff. And then you've got your taper, which is kind of getting ready for some one-hour testing or a comp. So the taper nutrition is different to the intro and the deloads, I think. Because um, for the taper, you've normally got a weight class and you're trying to make weight. So when I'm in my taper week, I'm in a calorie deficit. I'm trying to lose. I'm actually pretty light at the minute. I'm 75.7, which is like the light. Yeah, I am genuinely worried. I'm too light. going to have a peripheral tonight. <laughs> True. Um, but yeah, so the week before then, I'm trying to lose weight. So I'll be in a small, small calorie deficit. I'll be doing a water load. I'll be trying to manipulate the gut weight. It won't have to be that extreme. Mm-hmm um for this one because it's only one and a half kilos but i think in the past i've done three kilos is yeah. the most i've done um so it should be very comfortable but yeah like so next week when i'm taping for the comp i'll be trying to lose 1.7 kilos or whatever i weigh on the monday um typically in an intro and deal odd week i'm a big fan of keeping the calories the same
1: because
0: mm. i think when you look at like the research of um how many calories you actually burn doing a training session. It's minimal. It ain't much, man. Like people think like it's it's a lot and it, it just is not a lot. And I think it's really important to keep saying to people that if you have got a weight loss goal, doing your strength training sessions isn't going to be the primary mechanism for dropping your body fat. But what it is going to do is going to be a great thing to support kind of the look that you're going for and to support maintaining the muscle tissue that you have got is that's what your strength training is for. Yeah. And then the calorie deficit, and our people say it all the time, you can either create the deficit for more exercise, more movement, or from training, um, or from eating less food. You're not going to get it from from training, man. Like it might be, I think in the study I looked at last, it's anywhere from like 150 calories to like 350 calories. So it's going to be 350 calories for someone that's doing like high volume training. Yeah. It might be 150 for a beginner that's like lifting lighter weights but 150 calories is half a chocolate bar yeah so if you were looking to burn calories why would you get to like if you're losing just to lose weight you could either go to the gym for an hour and yeah. work hard in the gym or you can have half less of a chocolate bar yeah you need to get the same results in terms of body fat obviously not from health yeah. not for the whole
1: industry is like a bit backwards really isn't it it's always that like people think you go to the gym to lose weight and it's, it's, it's tough man like, yeah and it's um Certainly you can go to the gym to supplement your your, your weight loss and as, as part of the part of the bigger picture. But if you're if you're going in there with that mindset of out training, you know, out training the chocolate bar, like you're in for a battle man. Like that's tough. It's tough. Like, that's tough. But as you say, like doing your strength training to like supplement, you know, everything everything that you're doing day to day. Is is massive in terms of how you look and body composition and things like that, obviously. So,
0: So the thing is, then when you talk about like the nutrition for like the intro and the dialogue week, because you're only burning 300, let's say you burn 300 calories on a normal session. And let's say you reduce your volume down by a third. Let's say then, just to keep the math simple, you're then only burning 200 calories. You're really just going to reduce your calories by 100? Yeah. Let's say you overeat then by 100 calories for four sessions a week. Hmm. It's 400 calories? Yeah. That's yeah. what. Not even it's probably it's fifty grams, size, fifty grams of weight, yeah, hundred grams of weight. Yeah, it ain't it ain't much. It's like what three thousand five hundred calories for half a kilo. Yeah, um, it ain't going to be anything. Yeah, but then you flip that around and you think, okay, well if I keep the calories the same, you know, my training dosage is down slightly, so I'm not burning as many calories, but like being in that very small surplus versus being in the calorie deficit or maintenance like probably supports the overarching goal of trying to recover during that week Reco- actually using
1: it for so recovery if you're being, well, yeah. being well fueled and coming back on the Monday like
0: if your D-load week is your recovery week like the idea now is drop the fatigue down maintain the fitness as best as I can so when I come to the next training block, I'm, like, I'm feeling good
1: whereas if you're depleted and you're fucking if you go in with a, a your-
0: massive calorie deficit because yeah. you're hardly doing any hard training then you come back in and you're not recovered and you yeah. feel weak you've not achieved the goals of yeah if the I,
1: I agree with that. And it's always a way I've run out of a couple of athletes that have like really been desperate to use a deload as an opportunity to like drop a, drop a couple of pounds. But it's just, yeah, I'm not doing much training, apps, so I'm gonna, I don't need to eat. Yeah, my exactly, carbs yeah, it's like, well, that's not the idea from an athletic like performance point of view. That's not the idea. The idea is to come back feeling regenerated. Like that's the idea of the deload. Like, you know, obviously, yeah. we're reducing central nervous system stress, we're, you know, doing a bit less work. You know, we're we're not um, achieving the same amount of fatigue. But like, if you just drop your calories completely, then you are in the you mitigate the training recovery. Exactly, yeah. So, and I think that's like the same. With, like, like I say, you'd have to go, you'd have to go very like, or at least moderately high in your surplus to put weight on in that week. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And go for a couple of walks, man. Like, do a bit extra in that sense. Hundred percent. Like, it doesn't have to be a mad hike, but like, yeah, okay. incre- increase your daily activity slightly. You know, yeah, to offset that if you want to, you know, absolutely, yeah. If your if your if
0: your goal was weight loss, then I would say, I would say, yeah, go for a walk just to, to try and mitigate that hundred calories because it's low stress. It's not going to have too much of an effect then on your training. Yeah. But if your goal is performance, like I just want to sweat it, like it's not going to be anything in the grand scheme of things. Like people when they talk about these swings in weights, like hundred calories a day times four days isn't going to do anything. Mm. The issue with you swing around in weight is Christmas Day, for example, when you eat six thousand calories rather than your normal two and a half you've had four thousand calories extra there's a completely different conversation between four thousand calories and a hundred calories yeah so i think like when it's such a small amount like you shouldn't really be changing your, your nutrition around to your your intro and your day the intro one's funny because all of a sudden if you're getting you intro week prepared for like your higher volume phases then maybe you want to like because the you know the carbohydrate demand is going to be a little bit higher the the calorific and energy demand is going to be slightly higher. Maybe like increase your calories slightly mm-hmm. when you're doing your higher volume work. And that would be the same for your intro week when you kind of step in into there. But again, it's not going to be like, I need to add 400 calories because I'm doing a higher higher energy output because it's not going to be that much of a difference in terms of output. Um, but you might increase it ever so slightly.
1: I just think the basis of nutrition is just like so much simpler than people think like over the course of long-term. long-term progression okay so if you're thinking block to block ultimately we're keeping it pretty much the same like we're changing we're we're maybe changing small percentages big time um so throughout the year that's probably no different and then you think from like you see all these guys are like training a bit more for aesthetics we're on about the bulk and then the cut or the cut and then the bulk, and calories down and then it's like right i'm going for bulk in phase i'm going to shoot my calories up through the roof and that's a massive mistake as well because as you've alluded to like the amount of calories you're burning during training isn't specifically a lot so you know doing a big dirty bulk and whilst you're doing a bit more volume in the gym like the i think i just feel like the best athletes whether that's like People who just look and perform well and don't compete or competitive athletes, competitive bodybuilders, even—yeah, like they—they're they're in shape pretty much all year round, and they eat pretty much like within the ballpark all oh, year. Oh, big week. time! Like- Christmas week, mate, I'm going to go a bit mad. Like, I'm not going to like like Christmas week. You had odd, yeah. maybe not a week at no, maybe not even a week, but like for a few you- days, I'm going to bloody enjoy myself. I'll without really thinking about it maintain activity levels by walking a little run whatever it is but i'm not going to stress too much because like you come back you get back on it the weight's going to drop off but i think it's just keeping it you know so the best practitioners are the ones who are there or thereabouts year round they're consistent there's not mad changes
0: but well, I think about this a lot, actually. And I think like a lot of the times when people do these dirt, they say the dirt, dirty bulk, or a bulk. And they'll talk about like the bodybuilders and they're talking like off-season bodybuilders. But the off-season bodybuilders are still lean, man. It's, like they're ridiculously exactly, good exactly. shape. They're just not stage ready. And being yeah. stage ready is not healthy. Like yeah, you cannot yeah. sustain being that low body fat. Like your T levels drop, your fucking sex drive drops, your quality yeah. of life drops. It's hard, man. So when you go back up to your normal calories and you go back up to your normal kind of body fat percentage they're still in incredible shape yeah. they're not doing these ricky Atten or you know paddy the Paddy. they're not doing these stupid swings of going like super heavy and then super light. that that has gone and what yeah. has gone with that as well is like your old school kind of block periodization i'm doing a hypertrophy block yeah, no one does that anymore no, because no. We, we know that in four to eight weeks of a hypertrophic block how much muscle are you going to gain in four to eight weeks yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. nothing
0: yeah half a kilo if that like especially when you, you're quite high trained you're not going to gain anything so like it's probably better to keep your calories around like a small surplus small deficit or maintenance you know keep your protein levels high keep your activity and your training high and your body composition will kind of take care of itself yes you'd gain more muscle in a, in a surplus but these like really extreme high surplus high deficits just people aren't do them anymore no. the the good people aren't doing these stupid swings powerlifters used to like off-season but like, oh, i'm doing hypertrophy and i'm mm. gonna gain Ten kilos. Yeah, yeah. Field athletes are the same. Yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. People don't do it anymore. No, you have no. got your vertical integration of your training, so people yeah. are doing the doses of strength all year round. Yeah. You, you, are biasing what. Like...
1: Yeah, exactly. Effort. Like, because like from a, from a rugby point of view, like I'd normally like reduce the amount of strength and plyo work early doors, but you would still. It's important to know you'd still, still do some. In. Like you'd still do some. So like, let's say end of the season, you have a week off the gym, for example, which I'd normally encourage. Don't even do that. But if you if you want a week, that's fair um and then you sort of get back into it but like even from session 1 it's like at least pogo jumps or yeah. box jumps even if it's like three sets of 3 just to kind of maintain yeah. you know some some sort of um it's not the priority fitness, but some you need to, yeah. like and then there's a little bit of you know heavy heavy lifting in there like as a minimum and then you might be doing like some you know a lot of single leg work but you know a lot of lot of single leg single like unilateral stuff trunk work accessory work but you know you're not necessarily doing that anyway to like do loads of volume you're doing that from a joint restoration point of view like you're doing it from a from an injury prevention point of view a health point of view and to prepare you for the the heavier loads the the, the reintegration into contact training but you're not as you say, like the old school blocks gone, where it would have been like, right, you're doing a four week hypertrophy, like in the rugby pre off seasons, like about bloody six weeks. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it used to be like, right, you gotta do like four weeks hypertrophy, and then like you gotta do four weeks of strength, convert yeah. into power. That's, and it's like, so
0: how was your hypertrophy? But our oh, wicked, I gained 0. 0.3 kilos of muscle, man. Putting on muscle is tough, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Doing, yeah, four But like you said, there's a there's, when you're doing your pole goals, can you not finish at the end with like three sets of twelve close grip pull downs or some chin-ups. Like you can do yeah. some high rep hypertrophy work all year round. Yes. But exactly. then you you, yeah, yeah. you don't you just change them accordingly. Like outside I've got you know a comp in two weeks, I'm still doing that like pull down for set to rate. still doing like yeah. tricep work. It's not as high volume. It's not the priority. But then pulse competition, I'll still be doing top sets of like three or four. Yeah. So still keeping that top end strength, in, but I'm really pushing yeah. the hypertrophy stuff a little bit harder. Uh, But
1: basically, it's like do everything all the time, all year round. But you're prioritizing certain what needs
0: to be working, and depending on where you're at, certain bits. Yeah, if you if you're a strength athlete and you've got a comp coming up, you should be prioritizing the strength stuff or what gets you good at the strength stuff. Yeah. If not, then you've got a bit more room to play around with a bit more of these variations. And the same with the rugby. Like in season, you need to prioritize being good at rugby. Outside of it, you might be prioritizing, like I said, restoration or yeah, you might be trying to get a little bit bigger after losing some weight. And there's that
1: little period in in the pre-season, like off-season, pre-season, uh, where you do like up the loads a little bit and you do get you you do do get a little bit stronger, um, but you're still doing accessories, you're still doing the, the, the plyos. And like even if even if like plyos is like absolute bottom of your priority list, like say it is the first block of uh off season where you'd be like well why would i do pliers?" it's like man just do like just do it as a extended warm-up like do do you do your warm-up and then as part of your warm-up finish with one set of 10 pogo jumps one set of five box jumps and some med ball throws it will take you three to five minutes Grow up and do your playing, and and grow up and do your metrics. That's the message for today. I feel like every conversation we
0: have, like we plan to obviously talk about intro weeks. Every convo we have goes on to vertical integration. Yeah, we know. Every podcast we talk about vertical integration.
1: Yeah, it's true. But I think that's a good.
0: uh, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a good overlook at like intro weeks, loads. We talked a little bit about like. volume taperbacks etc and i think it's a good idea for your nutrition i think it's very relatable to christmas as well where you might be doing less less in terms of your training so you might be thinking drop your calories down where you can maybe you're doing that to offset the other days where you're eating more maybe not who cares like it's christmas but Hmm. like if you are doing less activity and less training like it's not that much of a difference in terms of calories so you don't need to make any massive overarching changes and try and prioritize what the priority is so yeah if it's recovery, recover.
1: Don't worry about losing weight. And well, yeah, and going back to the vertical integration. Like, if this is like start of season September, like this is the third block of four weeks you're doing, for example, four to six weeks. And during that Christmas period, no games, no nothing. And that's where you might like, you know, you might come back a little bit to almost like block one coming into mid December, January, mm. where you are like doing a bit more work. You're yeah. increasing, you know, you're working a little bit more on strength you're pushing the numbers up a little bit in that little Christmas period where, you know, I mean, you know, maybe you're eating a bit more and you think, right, I can actually push the numbers up a little bit. And then that first couple of weeks of January, even sometimes the whole of January, you know, you've had that little rest from games and that's a good chance then to, push numbers up again and then you get into like feb march april and obviously you're just maybe decreasing that a little bit doing the minimum dose and you're staying sharp you're staying powerful so like this is like the last block if you like of the first half of the season for us so it's like you know it's pretty much minimal dose with the strength work it's a lot of like power a lot of like speed and plyo and stuff you know a bit less um uh in in intensive easier to not intensive because it is intensive but there's a bit less strain and load yeah. um but still short sharp and fast and then you have that little break of christmas and then we almost come back into like a block one where it's like right we're lifting some heavy stuff and then that you know will keep us going for the, the rest of the season but only if we maintain it at a lower
0: yeah
1: at lower volume so we're
0: good I have a final question. We're not prepped for it, so I apologise for putting you on the spot. Oh, but when the, uh, one of the questions I asked Max, and I, I'll give you mine before we get into it, is like the trends for 2023. So like 2022, I think the big trend this year was the <laughs> Christmas party. Christmas parties, that yeah. of it. Um, the Sweet. big trend for 2022 was hypers, I think. The year before was like belt squat. I think next year, the big exercise is going to be the barbell bent over well. Is coming back. It's, it it's come coming back. back. I think it's coming back. I think that the optimal crew have gone too far mm-hmm. with the single arm, cable, crossbody, mm-hmm. etc. And I think it's going to come back to doing good quality barber work. I thought this year has been great for machines. I think it's fantastic, like opening people's eyes to using machines for what they're good for. If you're looking for the hypertrophy, um, low skill, just pushing hard. I think it's been great, but I think it's probably swung too far the other way. And we talk a lot about the pendulum swing game. And I think maybe before everyone used barbells too much. And I think now probably people are going, quote unquote, the optimal crew. And I think the barbell bent overall is going to be huge next year. What I, do you think is going to be a trend or an exercise that's going to be trendy in 2023?
1: Okay, so before I think of something, I'm going to just, yeah, tag along the back of the bent over row and agree 100% with that. It's so funny how like things go in, in trends in the industry and how like, things gather momentum, I guess that's the modern world we live in with social media and news and things like that as well is like people started to think with the barbell row, the, you know, the, the the negative aspects of it and like the benefits of obviously doing machine based work and mechanical tension. And, you know, are you really with an 80 kilo bent over row going to be, you know, doing like doing what you need to do in terms of like, you know, cable, a cable row or single arm row right we can slow the movement down we can think about almost like bodybuilding techniques of lengthening the muscles shortening the muscle, muscle mechanical tension etc etc um but people forget the they go all in on that yeah you like can they, do go, both, they go yeah. they go all in you can do a heavy like, barbell you can do both that, yeah. like you can actually do both and like it's mad to have seen the amount of bent over rows lay rows things like that because lay row like became the most like um Commonly used exercise ever mm. a couple of years ago, and then it's like right, nobody does that anymore. <laughs> All your row work's got to be dumbbells, and like it it's just funny here. man. Now things go like, and I get it, I get the arguments, like, and I, I agree with the arguments, like, you know, to like ninety percent, I agree with it. But there's like, oh, well, hang on a minute, like, you can't go wrong with a good barbell row. Like, it's some of the arguments you hear for why a barbell is not good, like, I, like, some
0: like you know you, you you're limited by a position your ability to hold position i was like
1: who's losing who's position losing on position? kilos or exactly if exactly Denver. yeah 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 if you're if you're training, not for everyone if you're bit, training like... if you're training properly and yeah your everyday person who like you know whatever you might might stick to mainly cable stuff but like if you're a, a decent athlete and you can deadlift double your body weight for example like you're gonna be all right man with a row like you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna be able to stabilize that and hold that in a decent position at least you should be able to then the other one is there they
0: say oh it's you know it's better to like do it uh do supported because you know save your lower back for when you do your your lower back heavy dominant stuff and absolutely like there'll be some times where i've done like heavy deadlifts and i won't want to do a bent over wall and i can do chest supported but on the flip is like if i can rdl 190 is my lower back really going to get that tax doing 80 kilos, which is what I be I think I'll be okay, keep, even if I'm sore. To
1: keep, um, you know, to keep your position, to keep the discipline, keep that mechanical tension, not... But then it's good to have the options to Like, sometimes I yeah, might exactly. be in the yeah, Having off said off. that, I'm a massive fan of, like, chess support. A, a support yeah. like, huge um but again it's like you haven't not got to marry one or the other you can do both yeah i'm to marry them yeah exactly Have you thought back your answer now you no. used to- <laughs> um, oh it's a tough one tough one tough one i do agree with the, the over row and the, the barbell ropes you want me to chuck I, agree with that. I think it'll be big The yeah, is one i keep thinking is going to be massive and i think it was quite big this year yeah. it kind of came in a little bit yeah. maybe yeah i think a doctor work in general like people are you know, a lot more on than they used to be. Probably yeah. myself included, actually. Like, it's, yeah, you know, it's massive. We're obviously big for like Copenhagen plank, lateral work. lunges, calf work. Could be big. Calf work could be big.
0: Calf- I think it's already pretty big, but like, I think it's going to get massive next year for calf
1: your, work. Your lifters, I think lifters are going to start doing you think it lifters. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. been pretty big back in like field sports for the last few years. Yeah, it's like the importance of calf work because yeah. the argument was all always like. Plios, ollies, like you're fucking nailing your calves all the time anyway, but I yeah, think once, doing some good yeah. isolated calf work yeah. is massive. And I must admit, actually, like since I've started taking calf work a little bit more seriously in the last couple of years, I've noticed a massive difference in terms of just general, like low extremity health and how I'm feeling, like especially because we play on like, we play yeah, on 4G, true, yeah. we play on plastic yeah. and it's... It's brutal, mate, especially when you're, you know, over 100 kilos and moving at a slow pace, but maybe slow to slow moderate. To mod- slow to <laughs> moderate. But like, there's a yeah. lot of impact. Yeah, yeah, and yeah like, yeah. doing, doing, like, and, and training on that and playing on that in the first few years, like, I'd always have, like, a little bit of, like. Achilles' like Achilles. achilles. Yeah. yeah, I'd always have, like, you know a little bit of issue with the achilles and stuff nothing that like ever stops me but like sore like yeah, to yeah, touch yeah. and anything like that and just um knees calves etc so like calves is big and yeah it'd be interesting to see if um calf work makes it into a big component of it in the olympic like for olympic lifters um doing extra calf work and let's see if that comes on to powerlifters as well I think it will go with calf work. Is that you could do a, a compound? Really, yeah. Yeah. No, what
0: well, I mean, I did put you on the spot. I mean, when I when I came at the podcast with Max, I already pre-planned
1: yeah. my my answer, yeah. so it's a bit of a on the spot. But I'd like to see kettlebells make a bit more of a, a comeback as well. I'm really enjoying, from, the, yeah. Like, I just think it's such a useful tool, and mm. with all the gimmicky tools that they have been over the years, kettlebells definitely isn't one. Like I do think like. Have you saw that? Heavy really swings. Much, heavy so. swings. Okay. Can, can I say heavy swings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heavy for, for everyone. Or? Heavy swings.
0: Is that because you saw Squat University talking about uh, kettlebell? Ripping swings. us off like usual.
1: He uh, he yeah. loves ripping MSC off. Um, he did a post on how to do a kettlebell swing. Oh, fuck sake! He's always. One step ahead. Well, one step behind <laughs> and then copying us all one step ahead. <laughs> but you know I've always been a massive fan of yes. kettlebell swings. Always. Well, that's why you saved us that's, a... that's been one of my... That's why you saved us Mark kettlebell in the phone. Still saved us Mark kettlebell in your phone. Like, I've always been a huge fan of heavy kettlebell swings. Like, heavy, heavy. Um, for athletic performance... There he is, Mark kettlebell. Um... For for athletic performance, sporting performance, and for general, general pop. We get the hips into extension, work the glutes, work the hammies, nice high hip hinge. That's okay. what that's what the everyday man needs. And I think it's a nice accessory for powerlifters, albeit not essential. Um, maybe the same for Ollies and for field athletes. Like there's a low eccentric component, which obviously good for not building a lot of fatigue. It's an easy exercise to do, and go heavy on your kettlebell swings. Yeah, that kettlebell swings are making a good to 2023. To to wrap up this podcast, because I'm a mindful of the time.
0: Uh, what and have chill. you got? What have we got to look forward to in 2023 at
1: MSC performance? Yeah, it's going to be a great year. I think it's going to be. Uh, this year has been fantastic. Um, first of all, I think we've you know come on leaps and bounds this year. I think next year is going to be. Uh, next year going to be big. I think there's going to be even more growth of diversity of athletes in the gym. You know, it's we're, we're seeing more and more rugby players now. We're seeing the powerlifting community grow as always. I think the weightlifting side of things is going to get Pick a little a bit, bit yeah. is picking up a bit and going to get bigger. So I think it's going to be another great year for growing in those aspects. Um, I think it's going to be a big year of community driven things. I think is going to be like big emphasis on social, which yeah, I think has been a great year for socials this year. I think next year will be even bigger. Metcon games, a couple of in-house comps, a couple of events, um, things like that we'll chip away at new equipment as we always do as the budget allows. Um, so I think a couple of exciting things coming in that respect as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what about yourself? Yeah, I pretty much mirror what you've said. I
0: think um, an increase in the amount of competitions we're doing and Metcon games, I think is always really popular. Um, I think there's going to be a really good sense of t- uh, like MSC teams like a powerlifting team. We've just mm. ordered the powerlifting tops. I think we have some weightlifting teams yeah, kind of pop good up point. with like, uh, you know, you've got Jazz now, you've got a um, name has uh left me, uh, the Iranian weightlifter.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. You've yeah, got like, a few yeah. good
0: weightlifters now. So, all of us like, she's like international class, yeah. Like She's could we take yeah. a team of weightlifters to a comp? Would it's, funny you be you fantastic. That, it's funny
1: you should say that. It's funny you should say that. There's just been um, a comp announced on the 11th of February in uh, Oldbury. With our good friend, uh, Mr. Sam Hammer. Uh, not oh, Sam, nice not Sam, <laughs> um, Sam Hammer. Sam Hammer. <laughs> um, Sam from Oldbury. <laughs> I do not remember what his surname is. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's going to be a weightlifting competition 11th of February, and Jazz is going to compete. And we could have a few others as well. Um, the girls want to compete as well. The uh, um, Amy Lucy, yeah, will be the first competition. <laughs> That's class. Um, so uh, I mentioned it the other day. Like, oh, would you be interested? And they were both like, yes, like they want to do it. So we might chuck them in that. They're so busy with other things. I don't know if we'll particularly train for it, but like, Amazing. just a different type of thing for them. Um, so I think they both want to compete, and no doubt there'll be a couple of others. So chucking a couple names in uh, there.
0: Get a, get a big Mel. That she didn't like. Yeah, yeah, agree. yeah, man. You, there's a yeah, few all, that... of, all of a sudden,
1: I think like we'll take five or six of that. Comp for powerlifting, obviously, we always take big numbers. I think the um, Bournemouth rugby stuff could really push on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Like taking people who are training in the gym outside of the gym to go and compete in stuff. High box as well good, is yeah, a massive one yeah, for
0: yeah, there, taking teams to yeah. there, which has already started happening. So yeah. I think that, yeah.
1: I think it could be a big, I think it could be a big year for that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Weightlifting, powerlifting comps. Yeah. Yeah. Rugby, High Rocks. Um And yeah, other, you know, we obviously have our athletics guys as well. And, you know, I th- do you know what it's going to be a big year for as well? I'm going to call it now mm-hmm. is youth athletes. We're going to push that a little bit in 2023. We've always had bits and pieces. We've always had like you know the odd superstar here and there, and, like the the with the with the youngsters. And um, I think a big thing this year is going to be pushing that side of things. Spring, summer, you definitely would like to get like summer camps on this year. We talked about it last couple of years, but I think we're in a position now where we can uh, you know we've got there, enough yeah. manpower to organize it properly and you know max is obviously training um yeah. uh a 13 year old at the moment who's like super talented you know she's looking to get down to birchfield and i think things like that could be big this year yeah. as well or
0: next year amazing wicked Should we leave it there? yeah thank you everyone for for listening thank you for a fantastic year at msc Um, uh, this is our last podcast now while we go into hibernation for december and we'll be back in january um so thank you for your support thank you for listening And have a great Christmas, and we will speak to you all soon. I second that. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers.